it is Adam. We had the fantastic opportunity to talk to Jelani Arie over Zoom video. It was crazy. We found out that Jelani grew up like literally a couple miles from where my family and I were living before we moved to Nashville. He grew up in a place called Forest Ranch. Grew up in Scripps Ranch, but he was born at the same hospital as both my kids were born at. Uh, and he was living in Forest Ranch, actually an athlete. Music didn't come until he was about a junior in high school. He played football his entire life. And then after an injury, that's when he really kind of got into music, started writing songs to different beats on YouTube, eventually releasing his own music. He had a song called Where We Go that went viral online, got picked up by a bunch of different editorials, and really launched his career. So we talked about his first record, which has a song on it called For Us Ranch that I didn't even put together until I, <laughs> I talked with him. I'm like, oh, Forest Ranch, Forest Ranch, okay. And, and the first album, Suburban Destinesia, S&D. Didn't put that together either. But he goes through all of that, goes through his second record. We talk about the singles he's released thus far. Stella Brown being a massive hit for him, has 22 million plays on Spotify. We talk about From These Heights and his most recent song called Overexposed. And he tells us all about his new record and actually the title of his next record, which he hasn't even started writing yet. He's already got the title. But you can watch our interview with Jelani on our Facebook page and YouTube channel at Bringing It Backwards. It'd be awesome if you subscribe to our channel, like us on Facebook, and follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at Bringing Back Pod. We'd appreciate your support if you follow and subscribe to our podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. We're Bringing It Backwards with Jelani Arie. My name is Adam, by the way, and this podcast is about you and your journey in music. Nice to meet you. Thank you for having me. Yeah, man. I'm super excited. Actually, I saw that you're from San Diego. Yes, sir. That's where I'm from. <laughs> oh, shoot. Where? Where in Yeah, I was born and raised in San Diego. Um, I was born in Poway at Palmerado Hospital. And then <laughs> I grew up in like Penisquitos area. And okay. lived out in North Park for a while, uh, South Park area. and Yeah. Rich Bernardo. I've lived all over San Diego for like 90% of my life. Jeez, yeah, I'm in like pretty much RB, like Forest Ranch area. No way! <laughs> That's that so... Everywhere, Dude, yeah. Dude, how cool! Forest Ranch, right on. I lived in Forest yeah. Ranch for a hot minute too. Super, super weird community, super new, but I don't know. It's it's cool. I'm just I'm glad that I'm out. I'm glad that I'm in LA now. Oh, you're in LA now? Yeah. Cool. I moved to Nashville actually. My family and I we moved to Nashville. How was that? We, we love it here. It's totally different. Um, <laughs> weather is different. I mean, it rains like, I would say, like every other week or not every other week, maybe even more than that, like maybe once a week. Damn. Yeah. And I'm talking like a lot of rain. Like it, it rain for 15 minutes and it'll be like six inches on the crown. Uh, Whereas like in San Diego, you wouldn't see that for no, you know, two know. years. <laughs> it rains more in one week than two years in San Diego, the amount of That's water. Crazy. That's yeah. sick because that, the music that comes out of Nashville is insane. Oh, yeah. It's crazy. You walk through downtown and it's like every little bar has a, at least a band playing. There'll be like multiple levels in some of these bars and there's oh. somebody playing on like every level. It's crazy. I heard about that. Like my producer's sister, I think, was out there with their girlfriends. But there was like, yeah, just levels of people playing. I'm like, how is that possible? Or like, yeah, it's it's wild. It really is. Like I, they say music city. I'm like, oh, okay, but you get out of the airplane. I yeah. mean, the first thing you see is there's like 
we we flew there, got out, and it's like one of the like little airport bars or little you know yeah, 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 bar yeah. and grills. There's people yeah. playing live like yeah. right there. Yeah, it's crazy. Wow. wow, in the airport. Yeah, it's really really weird, but we love it. We love it here. We're we're south of Nashville. That I mean, there's bugs and <laughs> humidity yeah. and all this stuff that I wasn't used yeah. to, but. Yeah, well, I'm glad that you're out there. Glad you enjoyed. Right. Thank you. I'm glad you made it to LA. That's awesome. But San Diego always holds dear to my heart, and I love yeah. that you're from there. And I, that's so cool that you're from Forest Ranch. Like nobody would know that place. <laughs> I heard Poway. I was like, wait, that's so close to me. That's insane. Yeah, no, actually, where I was living, my family, my wife, and two kids, and I were were living in RB forever. We lived off of um, Palmerado, like the exit right before the mall. And yep. Escondido, right before the Escondido Mall. <laughs> That's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> We'd go to Forest Ranch all the time. Like, uh, yeah. they had, like Carl Strauss there, the Miguel's. The- yeah, my, yeah, my dad, my dad, he frequents both of those spots all the time. Those are his, those are his spots. Miguel's is our jam, man. Every time we go back to San Diego, we go to Miguel's. That, that queso sauce, man. Sometimes Dude, special. it's unreal. <laughs> it's unreal. <laughs> it's so good. It's oh, so man. Good. I could go on San Diego for days with you. But um, so <laughs> tell me, <laughs> were you born in San Diego? I was. I was born at Mary Birch, which is oh, like. Oh, both my kids were born at Mary Birch. Dang, dang. Off 163, man. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Okay. Born there and then raised in uh, 4S Ranch. Did you go to school in Forest Ranch? Yeah, so I lived in Scripps Ranch until 2005, and I went to like Miramar Ranch Elementary okay. School, and then I we moved to Forest, and then I went to Oak Valley Middle School and Del Norte High School. Del Norte. Yeah. Okay. How did you get into music? Um, shoot. So music is like it's always been around. My uncle used to rap when I was like five. Oh wow. And the studio was like the bedroom next to mine in our new house in Forest Ranch. Um, and now it's my little brother's room, but I was just always around. I never like had an urge to do it back then. I was just like, this is super cool. Um, but like my junior, my junior year of high school, I had gotten hurt. I think it was either from either in track or football and I hurt my hip flexor. And then oh, so you're like, an athlete. Yeah, yeah. I was like kind of excited to go to college to play football. My dad was my coach. Oh, um, wow. Yeah, it was super, it was super strange and a big part of my life. Um, but yeah, so I got hurt and it was kind of like the height of like the SoundCloud rappers, like uh-huh. all of them. Like that and lo-fi I, sound. Yeah. yeah. I liked that. It was like, I liked that music and everyone at school was kind of making that, but I wanted to do something different. And so I kind of like started doing like R&B shit and I kind of, I would write to YouTube beats, which is mm-hmm. really weird time um, a lot of people got that their start that way like around your age i'm i'm a bit older than you but i i've talked to many artists that have kind of had that same thing where they take beats from youtube or like the youtube free stuff and work with that you don't know how to like produce anything and it's like the easiest way to like write and get whatever you need to get out um but so i did that for a while and then brock hampton had come out with like their first mixtape and I just loved the story of how they came together and how the internet makes everything so like tangible. So I went to um, Reddit and I went to an Odd Future subreddit, Frank Ocean subreddit and a Brockhampton subreddit. And I was just like, does anyone want to make a group like these guys where we just make beautiful music and have like no genre and just make 
great art. Um, and so the guys that responded to that are my music collective raised by the internet. And they're from like Connecticut, Florida, Portland, Maryland. Um, where else? I'm like blanking on some of the places. Sorry, guys. Um, but <laughs> <laughs> they're all here in like LA now. And wow. But well, you all met online. Yeah. And I met my producer, Jack Colby. So he's from Arizona, but he's out here too. Um, so we just work closely. And ever since like 20, early 2017, we've been making projects together and just always talking. Wow. And yeah. you put a record out in 2017 too. Yeah. Suburban Destinesia is my mm -hmm. first TV that I made with Jack. Um, Were you in, still in high school when that record came out? I was. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> it was, that was a strange time too. Cause like, yeah. Was it because people were like gravitating towards it and it was getting a lot of plays or tell me about that. I mean, you have a song on that record that has nearly 2 million plays. Yeah. Where we go. It just like, <laughs> <laughs> it started snowballing like pigeons and planes had wrote about it. And then more people were just finding out about me and that song. Um, and then it was weird at school because I was always known for just playing football and like no one ever expected this side to come out. But mm -hmm. I think when I told my dad I no longer wanted to play football, he was like, son, I won't ever be able to look at you the same. Cause like that's, he built, our relationship was so football kind of driven, even though that's like my, my dad's like my best friend. I could talk to him about anything. So mm -hmm. when I heard those words, I was just like, shit, like, I don't know what to do with myself. And like, I have all these feelings. So. Yeah. That'd be pretty I, crushing. I would imagine. Like you just like, uh, yeah, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Oh, okay. <laughs> and I was just in my bed at like 3 p.m. and I had this instrumental that Jack had sent me and I just wrote to it and it was my song Where We Go. Um, and then ever since then, things just kind of been snowballing and growing. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. It's wow. <laughs> it's funny. I'm looking at the track listing of that record and like it's so funny now after like knowing that you're from forest ranch you have a track on the record called for us ranch i didn't even like, <laughs> put that together <laughs> yes, yes it was all just kind of like sd driven almost and suburban destinesia like if you shorten it down it's sd as well oh my god that i didn't like literally blowing my mind right now that's so funny <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that was that was a strange time. And I'm just glad that I'm out of the suburbs kind of. I'm like I'm in a weird thing right now where I'm like back and forth like 50%. So I have like two homes to be in. Uh -huh. That's that's a weird dynamic. Well, with you said your uncle is into music. You had a, like a studio in your house? Yeah, so we had like a home studio, like an iMac back then, and a bunch of my uncle and my dad's friends would always come through. Um, but now it's my little brother's room. And that was like a long time ago. My uncle doesn't really rap anymore. I'd love for him to um, get him on your record. That'd be cool. That'd be great. That'd be crazy. He would spit. He would spit. My uncle, my other uncle on my Asian side works at, oh, I don't want to butcher this. He works at some radio station, 90, I don't In know. San Diego? Yeah. Really? I was in radio in San Diego for a number of years. And that's how I I kind of put the San Diego thing together. Funny mm -hmm. enough, is I used to work for 91X and I like was search I was researching I you and 91X. I'm sorry? I think he works for 91X, like Tim Piles. Tim Piles? Tim Piles. No way. That's not my uncle, but that's his homie. That's his homie. How okay. <laughs> no way, dude. So Tim Piles 
yeah, was yeah. the reverend at my wife and I's wedding. Holy, whoa. Yeah. And oh. that's my story. Oh, wow. Wow. Uh-huh. That's insane. Wait, what were you about to say though? Sorry. I was just going to say, like, we were all, for the radio station, we used to go out to Coachella every year. We'd have this house there and, and you know, oh. ours would come by. And he, like, loosely said that he had this license to marry people, like, that he got online. And I'm like, you have that? And he's like, well, yeah. He's like, well, I got it years ago and I was going to marry my my friend. And then they ended up eloping. So I just have this. And I don't even know how the conversation came up. And I was like, dude. And he knew he knew my wife and I very well. And I was like, you're marrying us. And he's like, yeah, yeah, sure. I'll do it. And it was just kind of like this one off thing. And then I like totally held him to it. We had this big wedding. I love that's crazy. Yeah. Like, the world Tim is, is a great friend of ours. We love him so much. Oh my gosh. Whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> I married you guys. Isn't that bizarre? What the hell? Wow. Now you guys are in Nashville. We just moved here though, like literally in March. Okay. So it's not like like this whole thing all kind of came about throughout COVID. So okay. um, but yeah, like I was at 91X for a number of years, grew up in San Diego, but like, yeah, so that's where I saw your thing. <laughs> I saw that Stella Brown was on their like website and I was like, wait a minute. And then I'm reading like, he was from San Diego and I'm like, wait, what? Uh, like I have, I would never heard of you. And wow. then, yeah. That's super cool. Cool. So, next, dude. They throw the best like festival, mini festival things. Mm -hmm. Yeah. They threw some good shows. They really did. It was like, where it was like outside of Qualcomm stadium. Oh yeah. We yeah. did X Fest there. Yeah, X Fest. It was like Empire of the Sun in Phoenix. Yeah, that yeah. Was crazy. It's like, how are these guys here right now? And I wasn't even super into music yet, but now I listen to them all the time. But I was just like, I didn't know how big they were in the indie community at all. They like, had some good indie bands on that. I think Bob Moses was there. Yeah. Um, yeah. Maybe Two Feet or Sir Sly. We had some good ones. Sly, yeah. There. It was like K Flay. K Flay. Oh yeah. Yeah. I forgot the others, but it was crazy. Yeah. So you went to that show? I did. I went with like my went with my ex-girlfriend that had kind of put me into like the alternative world. She put me on bands like Cage the Elephant and like sure. 1975, kind of like the pop of that scene, I guess. But yeah. Like, yeah, she kind of threw me into that world. So I feel like that year, I think that might have been 2017 too. It was like the start of just like going into alternative music and like guitar music. Uh -huh. I just live in that space. I love it. Sure. Do you yeah. play guitar? You play an no. instrument? No. Okay. I mean, I have a little Martin right here, but I just, I don't know how to play it. I, I just like sing and write and I work with my producer, but I want to learn because I would have a lot of songs. I would have probably have like albums now. <laughs> yeah. I'm just, I'm taking everything slow. I just, I got a vocal coach now, so I'm just learning how to like sing right and learning like keys and notes and stuff. Mm -hmm. Very like new to all of this. But. Well, you're obviously crushing it. I mean, with the success of that first record and still being high in high school, was mm -hmm. that weird? Were people like, did they understand what was going on? I think so. It was just, I think it just came out of nowhere. Um, I, I also left high school early too. Like I graduated early cause I was going to meetings here a lot in LA. So you like, were getting hit up by like when management and labels because of your songs? 
Yeah, and that was that was really cool. I was always just taking the train, the Amtrak along the coast. Sure. Cool. Um, but yeah, so I don't really know what the reception kind of was like at school when my shit came out. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I I don't know. It did. I did get more like distance, like I distant. I felt like an outcast in a way. It was super. I don't know how to explain it. Like I still had my football homies, but even that was kind of weird because i stopped playing football too like right here i didn't play but yeah i don't know it was it was weird <laughs> did they did the labels and management contact you based on the success of that song i think so and just yeah off where we go in the ep and just like mm-hmm. potential that they saw maybe um mm-hmm. sure but yeah that was that was a really cool time too just getting in like having like lunch with some a and r's and like going to like capital records i was like oh i see this all the time and i'm in here right now this is kind of wild yeah <laughs> that was that was cool um yeah i don't know wow i can't believe that was like years ago now it kind i of think it's because like wild. 2020 like didn't exist like isn't that weird yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like a yeah. whole year just went by and I- like <laughs> like it's the timing of everything is just so weird <laughs> I was about to say like my concept of time is just i don't even know it's that yeah. yeah well so talk to me about that second record you put out oh helvetica yeah mm-hmm. that came about what was that late 2019 um what do i say about helvetica it was super, I, mean, I was in a super weird headspace that time like 2018 I don't think I really made a lot of records so it kind of was like starting off on a new slate and I was just into a bunch of weird I was into a bunch of stuff but I didn't know what I wanted to say at the time and I didn't know what my like sonic blueprint or like foundation was I guess Mm -hmm. and so that's why I feel like it's super kind of not disjointed, but it goes into like a lot of genres that don't feel cohesive to me. Um, but songs like Jet Fuel like surprised me. I feel like that's like a where we go part two. Mm-hmm. Um, deeper look into that story. And then like Patagonia and Earl Grey were like spur of the moment songs that were like stream of consciousness. And I think things that just needed to get out, but they don't feel like full songs. Interesting. So- but yeah, because so, they're like the highest streamed ones on the record. Yeah, I I don't know. I'm glad that like people fuck with it still. Uh-huh. Um, but to me, it was just a weird time in my life. So I, I don't I don't find myself going back to that record or really listening to it. Interesting. Yeah. In around, uh, so that was 2019 when you put it out, and then how quickly was that? Towards the end of the year, or the beginning of the year? Do you remember? That was. Towards the end of the year, I think October, like late October of 2019, we had, we played a show in New York. That was my first time in New York too. It was like a Pigeons and Planes showcase with um, Kenny Hoopla. Oh, rad. Yeah, Doobie and like Gabriel Black. So it was cool because they were breaking too. And now they're just like fucking superstars. But it is so cool. Kenny Hoopla is massive now. Massive. But it was crazy just seeing that dude in like this small room doing his flips and shit and like looking <laughs> at the crowd. And I was like, this is it. This man is a rock star. Like this, he's putting a battery in my back right now. So I think 
even he was a super big inspiration for the new record, the album, just the energy that he carries. And I think rock star quality that I'd like to embody at some point, but I'm mm -hmm. just feeling everything now and taking it one step at a time. Prior to that New York show, were you doing song or were you playing live out in San Diego at all? Not really. I mean, I think in 2018, I had like a little coffee shop show for so far sound. So it was just like, a few people that came in and it was me and my producer Jack very like stripped down four song set uh -huh. of the first EP and then um, that was the only show in San Diego that I've ever played and then in 2019 I played I feel like I played two shows I played one at the Roxy in November oh wow how was that that was super that was super cool that's one of my favorite venues still to this day. I love that place. I wish I got, I haven't seen anyone play there yet. I haven't really seen a lot of like live shows. I feel like of like my favorite artists. I feel like I've only been to festivals like Camp Flogna. Okay. Seen like a bunch of artists there, but I want to watch just like one show, like my mm -hmm. headline show, of my favorite artists. Um, Who yeah. would you want to see? I'm just curious now. Oh, shit. That's a good question. There's so many people, but like this guy named Porches. Um, who else? Even like Wilco would still be cool. Just like Jeff Tweedy. Like oh, sure. That would be rad. He's still, I mean, Wilco still does stuff. There aren't they on, I think they're on some pretty big festivals this year. Really? Yeah. I remember seeing their name. Maybe I'm mistaken. I mean, the whole year left. So I don't know if it was last year. Yeah. That would be nuts. I mean, Frank Ocean still. Sure. I owe Frank so much. Um, God, who else? I wish I can go back in time and watch a bunch of shows. Yeah. Say that, but like, Kate Bush would be crazy. Oh or sure. Brian, like Brian, Brian Eno would be nuts. I don't know what his shows would be like, but he's crazy. Uh huh. Um. Or like a Roxy Music show. Um, oh, that'd be cool. I love Roxy Music. Not a lot of people bring up Roxy Music, I feel like. They're like an underrated band. Yeah, I yeah, for real. I think Love is the Drug is one of the greatest songs ever. I agree. It's I agree. so good. <laughs> At least like my, I feel like my age group, they're not on Roxy Music. or if they Even are, my age group, man. I mean, I'm probably like, I mean, 10, at least 10 years older than you. Um, and I would say nobody my age really yeah. messes with them either. They kind of felt like weren't, I don't know. Yeah, that's strange. But I guess them, I would, I would love seeing them. 1975, I got to see them like right before COVID, but I would love to see them again. Mm -hmm. uh, I don't know. There's so many people that I feel like I'm not naming. It's all good. I was just curious if you had some, but to play the Roxy, that I mean, like I said, that's one of the coolest venues. The backstage is kind of sus, but <laughs> you're like upstairs in this weird room. Yeah, it's like an actual like green room, like the walls are green. Right. And yeah, it was just yeah, that was a weird. The bathroom was funny. It's like this like small like a little wooden thing. I don't think they ever changed it. I don't think like, they've ever changed it. Right, as since the place that. opened up, which like, is cool. Well, the history in here man and they have like the vip section is just like 
five feet back under like with like velvet ropes. Tables, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's not that. like you're like in some different area. It's just like you're on the out. other side of the velvet rope. <laughs> you have some cushions to sit down on. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> but I want to play a show there again because I have a band now, and at the oh. time. It was just me and my producer again. So I think the energy this time around would be way different. That would be. be That'd be rad. Well, if you play there, if you play in Nashville, I'm going for sure. Hell yeah. Dude. Oh my God. We were supposed to, in 2020, we had like a weird festival lineup spot in Nashville. Really? Yeah. I don't even know what it was for, but I was like, okay, cool. Let's, let's do it. And then like Alabama or something too. And we had like South. We had South by Slater. Oh, okay. But then that was right when COVID kind of took over. Took over. Yeah. So is that where you were when that all happened? Were you getting ready to play a bunch of shows? Yeah, we, I remember just rehearsing um, at like Bedrock and Silver Lake mm-hmm. uh, for a few weeks. And then it just everything shut down. We had a show February 2nd 20, of 2020. I like my friend's old high school in Brophy at Brophy in like Arizona okay. and it was like their homecoming. And that was, that was really cool. And wow. A lot of the kids knew the songs. They had like a catwalk and like my group got to perform there. They had to like, they had their own sets. Um, so that was cool. And we were all hyped to like do shows after that. And right after that. Just, uh-huh. Oh uh, man. It was all snatched from you. Right. Yeah. God damn. But now I'm excited. I'm excited to get back and, just yeah play well talk to me about stella brown how did that yeah. blow up the way it did i have no clue how it blew up but <laughs> sorry i was filming my music video for my song where we go in portland uh-huh. and that was in 2019 and there was this like set designer um and she was a bit older than me but she was just beautiful and like I, I don't know. I didn't fall in love, but I had all these feelings that I didn't know how to like communicate to her. And so after that trip, I had this instrumental that was kind of like inspired by Smashing Pumpkins. Um, and it, we, we knew that we wanted it to be like a girl's name in like the hook, me and Jack. Mm-hmm. And we were just I had the melody of the hook in Arizona. And we were working on that for the longest time. And then, okay, yeah. So after Arizona, I went to Portland to shoot the video and then I came back home and I just had like the melody and I was like Stella Brown and because Brown would be like an ode to like brunettes. And so then it got me thinking of my experience and then I wrote about that and it kind of just all poured out and it felt like something that I'd hear on the radio when I was like, I don't know, like six or seven with my aunt. Um, Mm -hmm. And then yeah last year we put it out last spring and then it kind of just took off and yeah I don't know I feel like people take me more seriously after that song I don't know Mm -hmm. did it get playlisted or like on an editorial like do you know how it like really got going I think that was like now looking back that was like my first song that really got playlisted because i think we got playlists before but it was like on all like the spotify like apple big ones yeah and i was like oh wow okay okay so this is this is a good song (laughs) like (laughs) validated your your obviously your your music career 
yeah but that yeah that definitely gave me a battery in my back and like I think solidified my direction on where I wanted to go with the record and keep it like very guitar bass and guitar driven mm-hmm You've released a few songs this year. I mean, Overexposed, the most recent one. Mm. So talk, yeah, those are all going to be part of the new record or? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That one and yeah, From These Heights and. Yeah. Um, do you want to talk about Overexposed? Yeah, let's talk about whatever you want. I want to talk about this new record. Yeah. Um, so when did Overexposed come about? That was during like the height of COVID. I think both that and From These Heights kind of came out around the same time but it was marigold what about that one marigold was i think that was like after the roxy show oh okay the idea started and then i finished that early 2020 like january okay so these other ones were after yeah so for marigold i'll go i'll do marigold first okay Um, yeah let's hear the order i'd love it (laughs) i was super into like psych rock i was i was doing some psychedelics at the time too um, but I just wanted to like have a song that kind of looked to the past and like brought the imagery that those songs had in and then just put like a modern spin to it. So I was listening to like MGMT and stuff as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but the song came about, I was doing some research on like the marigold flower randomly. And I just saw that its nickname was like Little Lions. And my name, Jelani Arye, means Mighty Lion. Um, Jelani means Mighty. In Swahili, a lion means, I mean, Arye means lion in Hebrew. Oh. So I found that out. I kind of just like. That's really cool. Together. And I try to just, I was like, what did I call it? I called it like my soul song. Um, and like who I felt like I wanted to be or who I am at a deeper level, like behind this skin and like behind the shell of like a human um, and so after that, I kind of just wrote this song about like the sun god, who is the marigold. And I don't know, it kind of just went on its own little mm-hmm. thing. I don't, I don't, I feel like I describe it differently every time, but that's kind of how that one came about. And then From These Heights and Overexposed was just like, that was at the height of COVID and where I was just seeing so much media in my face. George Floyd's just happened just like COVID wasn't leaving anytime soon. And there was just so much more that I don't, I couldn't even like tell you, but it just felt like there was no escaping or like getting out of this box that we're all in of like chaos. And so I feel like those songs were just like a response to that Mm -hmm. Um, or just like trying to find where I'm at right now or like where I was at that time. Um, But yeah. I feel like they were just a response to everything that was going on. Everything that was going on. Yeah. And I don't, I think that was my first, the first time my music has ever been kind of like responsive in a way or reactive. Mm -hmm. It's very, I'd say very insular and like introspective and almost like a diary thing. But that I kind of was like looking outward, which I want to do more of. Does that follow suit at all in the record or are those the only two songs that that really was the case? I, yeah, I feel like, yeah, I feel like those two were mainly like, yeah, I don't know. Other ones were like reactive to a more like relationship kind of mm-hmm. okay. thing. Yeah. 
And let's tell me more about the record. When is it coming out? And yeah, okay, yeah. So <laughs> my debut album, I've got something to do, is coming out next week, next Friday, July third. Okay. Um, I came up with the title "Driving Back from LA to San Diego," and I was listening like Velvet Underground, and I was thinking about the next record, "Let Us Have Our Time." That's what I'm gonna name it. And I was like, "What am I gonna talk about in that record?" And I was like shit well, I've got some living to do and then I was like oh oh <laughs> and then I was like that could totally be the title for these songs and it feels like in a way like this casual kind of phrase but also like how do I put this like gets you excited to live life and makes you want to like leave your room and mm-hmm. feel like after COVID especially just like traveling seeing like the people that you've wanted to see um but for me it's like being young 21 years old and just like figuring out life and that's kind of what this record was to me it's just like a culmination of almost journal entries or like a snapshots into a certain day um yeah i feel like got some living to do yeah i've got some living to do I like it. That's so cool. I love that you have already have the name of the next record, like ready. <laughs> it came before the this one. Now it's my backyard with my producer, and we were like, "Uh oh, uh oh, hold up, are you still there?" Yeah, I'm here. Okay, someone started calling me, so it like threw the screen off. Um, oh, I, yeah, I still got one, you. Okay, cool. That one came about. I was in my backyard with my producer, his backyard <laughs> in Arizona, and we were smoking a J, and there was like a bug that flew in my face. And I was like, God, like let us have our time. Um, just like let us have our time, let us enjoy this serene night smoking our J. And my producer was like, Yo, that was kind of cool. Let us have our time. I was like, Damn, you're kind of right. And so it just like it felt like a record that was already out. Um, and I hear it being like just big and like anthemic and kind of like, um, like the, we are young, like, oh that, yeah, like that era, that energy and like Bruce Springsteen almost type, like, I don't know. So that's where I want to go in the next record, but we haven't really started yet, but that's kind of like my idea of where I wanted to. Play. I love it. You're already ready for the next one. And yeah. with this record, are you going to tour on it? I know you're doing All Things Good Festival, which is rad with St. Vincent and That's Girl in Red. And I mean, there's some huge bands on there. Yeah, I just want to I want to get our set done so I can just watch them and hopefully like meet them because I'm I'm like the biggest fan of all those groups um, and artists. But yeah, we're doing All Things Go. We have like another Great River, I think, festival in New York. Um and that's in like October. And then we have uh, the headline in LA at the Echo. Oh, cool. On August 26th. And then a headline in New York on, I think, the 17th or 14th at Baby's All Right in October. And then those are all the shows that we have so far because kind of touring still kind of up in the air. But sure. We've been talking about it for next year i think that's like just the most ideal right right well yeah. amazing it's rather that you're at least able to play and you're doing some cool festivals as well yeah and the record's coming out i mean that's supposed to be pretty exciting to finally have that thing out yeah it doesn't feel real like it doesn't compute in my brain that it's gonna be out in a week 
but I'm just excited to see what like, people think and feel and say about it. I would assume, I mean, with the response so far on the record and the songs, I mean, that you have out, <laughs> I don't think people will be disappointed. That's for sure. I hope not. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think you have much to worry about. <laughs> well, um, that's awesome. Uh, are you planning a big release party or anything? I mean, now people can kind of get together a little bit. Yeah, well, like at first we were talking about that. We just got a new place here in like West Adams and we kind of have a nice backyard space. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm a very kind of like, I don't know, a homebody. I kind of like small things. Mm-hmm. So we're going to do the big listening party thing. But I think we're just going to invite like maybe 20 people max and just have like a dinner and I don't know, drink that's, a little bit. Uh, that's cool. Yeah. Well, that'll be fun. So next weekend, yeah. the record is out. That's really cool, man. Yeah. And I appreciate you talking with me. This is so cool. Thank you for having me. Yeah. 4S Ranch, San Diego, like it all kind of like blew my mind there in the beginning. <laughs> it's crazy. I definitely got to visit you when we come out there or if you're ever. Oh, there. yeah. We'll, we'll link up for sure. That'd be so fun. We're actually building our new house, like our dream home. My family and I were, we're if you notice all the stuff here in my room, uh, <laughs> we're in a kind of a holding spot right now, but our house is being built. It should be ready in the end of August. And we're going to put a little studio in there and do these things more in person back. Cause we used to do them in person. I do all the interviews at like, you know, observatory or house of blues or wherever the arts was. Um, so we're, we're going to do it in person so once if you're here and in, in yeah. nashville we'll come see your show and you can come by the house and we could do this in person that. i would love that where can i check out the other ones where like because you said you did it at like the observatory or oh yeah those are all up on i'll send you the link right after this cool i want to check those out damn damn <laughs> <laughs> yeah we interviewed a bunch of bands at observatory and in, in house of blues beforehand and then like we've done so many interviews now but it's all a lot of them are this way Okay. I've, I haven't interviewed somebody in person since literally like right before the pandemic. I interviewed G Love. We interviewed G Love at uh, the Belly Up. Whoa. And it was when COVID was like it, there. It was a thing and people were talking about it and it was weird. It was like the elbow high five days. Oh, God. Yeah. And he did a show at the Belly Up and we interviewed him there. And that was the last time we talked to people in person. Where, where's the Belly Up again? Solana Beach. Okay, cool. Because uh, I, I feel like I've heard of that one more recently, but I'm always out there, and I just found out about that. Anyway, it's a cool spot. It's really oh, cool. Yeah, I don't know. Or I want to see someone play there. I'd just, I'd be a cool venue for you to play. Belly yeah. Because I'm just, I feel like I'm just now getting into like all the venues and like learning about everything in SD that I never knew about. <laughs> this is here. That was there. This is closed now. Damn. Yeah. <laughs> now that yeah. you're 21, you can go to the Casbah. That's another good one. Oh, wait, where's that? <laughs> <laughs> really? It's downtown by the airport. That's where Tim Piles hosts a lot of his shows. Okay. So ah. That's probably one of the coolest ones. That's my favorite venue in San Diego. Damn. Damn. I'm going to link you. And on our YouTube, you can go back and find the earlier ones. All of them are from all San Diego venues. <laughs> hey, that'd be great. Cool. Well, Johnny, thank you so much, man. I have one more question for you before I let you go. What's up? Uh, do you have any advice for aspiring artists? Ooh. Yeah, I say 
this is like hard because I always do this, but don't overthink it. Stay true. Stay true to your heart, even if someone else is telling you like, no, this might not be right. Whatever you feel, whatever you're feeling inside, chase that.